course. I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clench, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast. And I want to thank you for being a loyal listener and a loyal viewer of each of our episodes. And be sure to follow us on each of our social media platforms, that being our Facebook page, Twitter handle, and on Instagram. And a huge shout out. As we continue to grow, we are gaining sponsors and partners, beginning with Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency in Austin and Cosmic Coffee and Beer Garden on the south side of Austin. As for the partners, our community now, be sure to follow their platforms on Facebook and our latest and newest partner, that being Farmhouse Delivery in Austin, Texas. As for the next episode, let's ride. Wake your ass up or take a damn nap. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. It's time. I mean, Sean, you were twerking. That's going to happen. <laughs> Murph, don't be a dick all your life. This is uh, one, of, one of the more fun podcasts I've ever done. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you... No, I bet not. So you're not a man. That's it. <laughs> Uh, I would love for that to happen as much as anybody. I don't know right now if the Big 12 is going to be forced to actually take teams. Like It, it certainly looked that way a couple of days ago. And way to start off the show, Greg Swain. There's going to be an edit right here, by the way. Okay. Uh, a guy I haven't seen in probably a decade. He is well-known throughout the state of Oklahoma. He's, I, I guess you could say, Greg, you are a self-made man on so many levels as far as social media, the digital platforms, high school basketball scouting, you name it. Is there anything that I've left off of your resume that maybe I should be aware of? Well, we have the recruiting service, which we really started long before anything else. And uh, the radio and some like podcasts and things like that came later. But uh, all that's really to help kids get scholarships and help those coaches, you know, that take our, our service find out who the kids are. Yeah, it's it's something that I admired from afar when I was at Fox 25, OKC. It felt like all the media, all the digital media guys, everyone uh, was v- very much a tight group, if you will, especially those who followed high school basketball. And before we dive into his story and Dive into the story that has not happened yet, that being the official movement of Texas and Oklahoma to uh, the Southeastern Conference. Uh, I want to let you guys know this uh, episode is sponsored by Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Jim is a Longhorn legacy. Dad was a, a finalist for the Heisman Trophy way back when. I had hair long before that. <laughs> and uh, for all of your insurance needs, go to saxtoninsurance.com now greg swain how do we begin your story because you know oklahoma and high school sports probably better than most you know there's there's quite a few but everyone in oklahoma very prideful of their high school sports am i fairly accurate with that well yeah it is good i i grew up in indiana moved to oklahoma when i was 16 my dad was an engineering uh, administrator at at Oklahoma State, and uh, you know, I can remember very vividly the day we moved to Stillwater. I'm 16. It's summer of '78, and I ask our realtor, "Hey, after you show us the house, can you show us where Oklahoma State plays basketball?" <laughs> and then it was just old Gallagher Hall, 6,000 seats. 
dusty, old, you know, built in 38. And I said, well, gosh, you know, my high school gym was bigger than that in Indiana. I said, at least they probably fill it up. He goes, well, for wrestling they do. Because wrestling wasn't even a sport in Indiana. It's something we did one day a year in PE class, you know. And so uh, it took me a while to adjust. But when we took the – after I got out of college and everything, we started this thing in, in 1988, um, it really took off. You know, we started having these camps. And we found out real quick, if you get all the best players in the same place and all the college coaches, man, they all love it. And it worked out great. And the tournaments and things came later. The radio and the media stuff came later. But they all kind of go together to help. The bottom line is help kids find scholarships and help college coaches find players. Now, were you kind of, you know, there's there's showcases all across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hear the term now, you showcase for baseball, too. But were, do you think, I mean, you being Mr. Basketball from the great state of Indiana, you were exposed to it. And, uh, and, and on basketball at Oklahoma State, uh, historically, ha- has been a great program. But as far as what you created, do you think it was somewhat ahead of its time in this region of the country? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been on the McDonald's Selection Committee for Women's and Men's for, gosh, many, many, three decades now. And the one thing about the state of Texas that you're in is, you know, they've got more kids in the state of Texas in the last 25 years that have been McDonald's All-Americans than any other state. Now, Texas, of course, is one of the more populous states. Oklahoma's not. But I I did my master's thesis on something similar, finding out where athletes came from and why. For instance, you know, you kind of maybe surmise that every – place in the world has athletes about the same amount of athletes but they don't all play basketball or they don't all play football or they don't all play baseball in canada they probably play you know play hockey more yeah uh, whereas in texas they play football more but everybody knows texas is a great football state but man it is an unbelievable basketball state there's a guy in your state that started this before i did that i kind of cut my teeth with mike kunstock yeah. and uh, ironically enough it, you know Chris Beard played for him in high school, and I did. I, when I first started out, you know, uh, uh, Mike was having these events in the Dallas area, and he said, uh, "Hey, I got you a hotel room for a night." I go, Greg. He goes, "You're gonna have a roommate though, but don't worry about it. It's one of my former players. He's working these t- camps for me and uh, or tournaments, and uh, he'll come in after you're asleep, and he'll leave before you wake up." And it was Chris Beard and. We had some good talks back then. Little did I know he's going to be, you know, uh, Texas Tech and a, and a Texas coach. But uh, I'm not surprised, though. He, he God knows more basketball than most people will ever remember, you know. Chris Beard, uh, uh, the epitome of a gym rat, loves the game. Yes. Uh, and by the way, Mike Kunstadt may be one of the tallest humans I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Uh, he's a big guy. Uh, I mean, I know a few taller than him, but yeah, for an older guy, he's pretty darn tall. <laughs> hey, you mentioned scouting high school basketball prospects. You know, you tie in with your your created media, all the media platforms you have. Um, when you scout, because, and I think this would be a good, if anyone's watching, listening in any part of the country, the state of Texas or even the state of Oklahoma, you know, a lot of kids nowadays, I don't. They have opportunities to play because there's so many programs from NAIA all the way up to Division One. 
NCAA, and then there's junior college, right? But there's also the overinflation of the type of talent they are. When you're scouting, do you have these honest conversations as far as projections? Yeah, and I think most parents, you know, it, it, when I first started, it might have been a little different. Yeah. Now, because you gain more credibility, the longer you do it, the more kids you've helped. And college coaches will say, hey, you know, they'll even tell them, hey, we'd rather see you in an event, you know, where you're playing against other college-bound players than maybe a Class A or, or B high school game right. where you're going to put up 40. A lot of times they're more impressed by scoring 15 against other college players than they are 40 against Casper the Ghost. So that stuff happens all the time. The biggest problem is, is everybody thinks D1. They all think they're going to Duke or Kentucky. And you got to make them understand that, you know what, of the, the few that play college basketball, 95% don't play D1. They play D2, D3, NAI, JUCO, uh, Christian colleges, you know, the whole ball of wax. But, man, if you can go to college and get your school at least partially paid for, that's it. I said, you know, there'll be – Maybe 97% of the kids that play high school basketball this year in Texas and Oklahoma will not play beyond that. You know, once their senior year is done, that's it. Uh, so if you can go on and play maybe like mine's going, my youngest one's going on to JUCO next year after yeah. his senior year. He's thrilled, and he's hoping maybe he has a good, you know, junior college career and can go on to another level. That's great. It'll help him work hard. But if he doesn't, he doesn't. He played two years further than most people ever did. So you got to help them understand that first. And uh, usually the parents understand better than the kids. And as you know all too well, uh, just through our travels and following that, uh, that great game, is that in this part of the country, there are some amazing Division II programs. Oh, yeah. Uh, even – well, Oklahoma City in itself has great NAIA basketball, in my opinion. I mean, you see – some guys who you – I mean, they do – some of them do go to the next level or play overseas. Right. I mean, you're, you are – Well, and like, spoiled. you know this, Dan Hayes at Oklahoma Christian. Yeah. Dan Hayes is the only only NAI member coach to ever be in the Hall of Fame. And, and so, uh, you know, you think of that. You got Bob Hoffman now at UCO yeah. who uh, used to coach Division One uh, at Mercer – and before that, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. So, yeah, they do have some really good coaches. They get some good, uh, especially foreign players. They they get some D1 foreign players that, for whatever reason, can't qualify with the NCAA. NCAA. Boy, that'd be a whole nother episode. The antiquated ways. Oh, yeah. They're, they're trying to evolve a little bit, NIL, um, the portal. And, of course, this next topic, which – Cannot wait to hear your opinion on conference realignment. And I, I think the direction we're about to see here is independent governments with this subject right here. Well, you're going to have maybe the SEC, a totally separate division. It'll be maybe like the old AFL and the NFL, if you're old enough to remember before they, you know, joined uh, and became one one group in the NFL. Um, the, the problem is the SEC has a, a, a little more 
they're more sports area uh, oriented, maybe a little less academic oriented than maybe the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Whereas then you've got the other two, the ACC is horrible in basketball and football this year. Uh, the Big 12 is pretty, pretty good. I mean, matter of fact, even after, you know, two great brands like Oklahoma and Texas leave, you're bringing in some new schools. You think, ah, eh, kind of what we thought of Baylor 25 years ago when they brought them in. They were horrible in all the sports. They were horrible in football and basketball. You remember basketball, yeah. they went years without winning a conference game. Their football team was bad. But look how good they are right now. And they would not have been there had they not been invited to the Big 12. Cincinnati, where they're at right now, what's going to happen when their budget triples or quadruples? So, yeah, I, I, I'm i not ready. To, I thought the Big 10 or Big 12 might die in yeah. July. And they they did as good. You know, who, who knew Cincinnati was going to do what they did? Uh, we thought they'd be good. But, you know, college football playoff good. We've never had a G5 in the in the college football playoff before. So the big thing is going to be when is Texas and Oklahoma going to leave, obviously. Uh, Texas could have bought it out yesterday. <laughs> Oklahoma's got a lot of financial issues. And you know from this state, if you don't count out of the Sooners a little bit as a media person, you don't maybe get as many clicks or listeners or whatever. Of course, I'm an Oklahoma State guy. I don't care. So – it's kind of funny, you know, but we have a lot of Oklahoma followers, the realistic Oklahoma followers. Now, the crazy fans like Swang, you're an idiot. You know, it, they don't want to hear like, like, hey, prove it. Okay, I'll send them a link to a story. Three years ago, OU was in debt $1 billion. It's almost double that now. You're not going to see it in the paper because they don't want that out there, particularly with what's going on with Oklahoma trying to leave the conference. That's, you know, I I had to go back and to that article when you and I were talking about this episode right. and planning it, and and I found it through. I had I, I gave up. I found the link on your your Twitter handle and I read okay. it. But what's funny was when I texted you, I had had two or maybe three friends in the last six weeks. We're talking about, you know, just ribbing each other, talking about football, the football season. But it came out the last two weeks that, Sean, we're, there's no way we're all going, there's no way this OU in Texas thing is going to execute earlier than the Granite Rights expiration date. And I said, what are you right. talking about? I said, he said, we're broke. We don't have, we have all the money that is, is accounted for, is budgeted for. There, and I said, well, wait a minute, you're OU. You, you can, there's TV revenue, there's other revenues, right? So it, do, do you have facts or is it, or have you heard anything that backs up anything right now that, why that is? Because I, I just, I, I like you, UT, I get it. The revenue generator that it is. I guess I have the wrong perception of OU. I mean, I, where did I go wrong with that? Well, and, and realize that everybody, every athletic program uh, besides Texas and maybe a few others are having financial issues because you have 100,000-seat stadiums in a lot of cases that had 25,000 people in them last year. So you had to let people go. Athletic, look at uh, Harbaugh, Michigan. They, I thought Michigan did a great job of PR on that thing, you know, we're going to give you a bonus, but we want you to make it look like you're going to give it back to the athletic department to hire all these people back. We had to let go. 
And that's what they did. And then, you know, people buy that. Oh, isn't that a wonderful story? Well, it is, but it was kind of fabricated a little bit too. Uh, <laughs> manu manufactured, probably a better word. And it looks great for Hob Harbaugh. It looks great for Michigan. Looks even better when he's winning, of course, obviously with Michigan fans. So, uh, but Oklahoma, you know, was having, they were already in pro having problems because they mortgaged the hill out of rebuilding their stadium, adding new seats and uh, some other things. They're wanting to build, you know, get rid of Lloyd Noble and build a brand new basketball arena. That's not even being talked about now because there's no way they can afford it. Let's put it this way. The only people I'm catching grief from in the state of Oklahoma right now are the, the you know, the minority crazy fans Yeah, that, that are just like, they don't want to hear anything. Oh, you're an Aggie or you're this, this, this. They don't want to hear. They, they don't even want to read the links that you put up to legitimate news sources. You know who I'm not hearing from? I'm not hearing from anybody at OU. And anytime I put out anything that they think is wrong, believe me, somebody will call me and go, you might want to retract that, Greg, and all this. I'm not hearing from any of those folks. So for those listening who may not have any ties to OU or the state of Oklahoma, when uh, Greg made the uh, comic, an Aggie, well, Oklahoma State used to be Oklahoma A&M back in the day. So they were they were the Aggies. And two, he mentioned Lloyd Noble. That's the basketball arena on the University of Oklahoma campus, which is, you know, it's it's had a great life. It's uh, it's served its purpose. Decent arena. But there needs to be some renovations or a new building. Um, I guess the newest part of it is the practice facility, which I think opened in 2009. Uh, like it's, I think it's got to be earlier than that because uh Sherry Cole and Kelvin Sampson used to have us come out and run some of our clinics out there. You know, where you come down the ramp and then you can go left or right to the men's yeah. women's practice. I think it's closer to around 2000. It, it's been a while. Yeah, you're right. It was there when yeah. I arrived. So that that's pre 2006. Yeah. So you're right. So those two friends I'm talking about, um, they were mentioned that Lloyd Noble. There was even a brief mention about the baseball facility, but you know, baseball not being a true revenue sports, that's not right. even going to change. That's not going to change because Lloyd Noble is on the other end of campus away from the students, kind of. So COVID hit a lot of programs really hard. Do you, and I know it's a state institution, but for this pending move, which will happen. What is your projection through your conversations? Do you think it will happen before 2025? Or what, what do you well, think? Well, I, I said 2025 only because that's when things start to run out and they won't owe nearly as much money. Now, they're yeah. going to have to pay $80 million regardless. Right. That, they're two separate things, the TV and the greater rights. And I'm not going to tell you I'm an expert 100% on all that. But I do know <laughs> this. They're going to, they're going to have to pay – regardless of when they leave. Now, uh, Barry Trammell had an article the other day, and I said, welcome to the party, Barry, because there has been no talk about this from people I consider wearing the crimson and cream panties underneath their suits. You know, they, they pretend to be, you know, or we're neutral. We love OSU, too. But you know how it is. You've been in the state. Oh, it, you know, most, most of the media and most of the news people are, are Oklahoma people, and, and that's fine. I just... I just wish everybody would come out and kind of say which side their bread is buttered on. Uh, but Barry came out and said, you know what? And he didn't say Oklahoma didn't have the money or anything, really. He kind of alluded to 
it might be a little longer than you think because you know during bedlam this year everybody was saying oh this is the last time this will ever be played in stillwater well i don't think that's true i think it'll be played at least one more time it'll be played norman next year uh i think in 2024 it'll be at, at uh or excuse me 20 20 2023 will be in stillwater 20, heck, it might be 2025 who knows but i do know this texas has the money uh, and, and, and know you fans that do or, or maybe in the middle somewhere, oh, well, Texas might pay our way and we can pay them back. No, they're not. And, and ESPN's not either because what kind of precedent would that set for ESPN? I mean, they already feel like they blew a lot of money on Texas and the Longhorn Network that's going to put. So, yeah, yeah I, here's, here's a deal that's getting real interesting now. Oklahoma and Texas – because Texas can't go without Oklahoma. It's it's a yeah. shame for them. They would love to go now, you know, I'm sure. And and the Big 12 probably, other than the revenue they produce, uh, although I don't know if Texas produces much revenue for the Big 12 because they haven't been doing as well. It's when, you know, Oklahoma's in the top 10 and they come to your town, you're filling up your seats. It's the only time Oklahoma State filled up this year, as good as they were. So, uh yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what BYU fans who are coming in 2023 come hell or high water because they're independent, so they don't have to you know worry about a contract buy it or anything. And then the other three want to come from the AAC after 2020 or in 2024. And if Texas and Oklahoma are here, now we've got 14 teams. How are we going to divvy that up? And then when are they going to leave? And oh, by the way, to leave the Big 12 you have to give an 18-month legal notice, right? So, obviously, 2022 is already out of the picture. 2023 will be out of the picture as of, I believe, January 16th is right. the date yep. I was given. So, it's going to be at least 2024. And I don't see them giving that notice anytime soon because it's a package deal. You know, it's like you're waiting for your buddy to, to pay his half of the rent and he doesn't have it, and you don't really want to pay it either. So I don't know if it's catch-22 in some respects. Well, you know, and those utility bills, you, you never want to pay the half of a roommate <laughs> yeah. for those. So there's some utilities that OU probably needs to pay. I, I, I think if you if we're going to wait till 2024, I think by then OU can tap into some uh, – bundle some boosters, so to speak. Maybe set up a GoFundMe page. GoFundMe, it works very well. So any university looking to get out of their exit fee or entrance fee into a league or both, GoFundMe. That's a solid route. Well, and Sean, your sources probably will tell you, because I've had a couple of you sources tell me as well, uh, they are already sending out letters to some big financial guys, boosters, whatever, that have you pretty well healed, like, hey, if you want us in the SEC pretty soon, we're going to need some help. That's that's what you call Plan Z. Yeah, the last option on the menu. There, that's good, Greg. Uh, well, COVID could not have hit with them right at, at any worse time than it did because they, they have less revenue by far. The, uh, you know, basketball and football are the only two revenue producers. At OU, it's at least ninety-five percent football. You can't, you know, you can't feel what they see at 85 now, 88. If, if you're only half full or less, that's that's tough. 
No, that's extremely tough. And, you know, I, I, I can see this all working out. And I still have faith, maybe, with some of their Longhorn Network revenue, giving a high interest loan to the, their buddies north of the Red River from Texas. Yeah. To OU. Yeah, and definitely. <laughs> Pay it off early, we'll give you a break. Pay it off late, you'll suffer. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an endless loan because both sides, both governors are in debt to their states, so to speak, yeah. if you will. Yes. <laughs> hey, the best yes. part of segment one, the man cave story sponsored by Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency. Greg, there's been some good ones. Uh, it could be anything amusing, anything that's a uh, story along your journey through basketball scouting to your well along with the the media tie-ins any type of sports moment in your life any type of life occurrence uh that finds its way to surface while you're sitting around with uh your your buddies in the uh make-believe man cave well i don't know if this would be good we talked on the radio show today about the best sports gifts you ever got sports related gifts when you were a kid yeah and i go back to i I was, uh, of course, Purdue fan growing up as a little kid. So my dad was teaching there, and uh, uh, the, of course, the quarterback uh, Bob Greasy for the Dolphins, and the defensive back uh, was a guy named Tim Foley, and they were Purdue guys. And I got to know them when they were, you know, when I was a little kid and everything. So uh, they're, they're playing for the Dolphins, and that that's when they were going undefeated and everything. And I was excited. I wanted a Dolphins uniform so bad. And Grandma Swaim up in Indiana, my cousins were getting theirs. One of them got a Raiders outfit. One of them got a, a Dolphins outfit. And they're running around and looking under the tree, maybe seeing if seeing it. That's all I wanted. That's all I told anybody I wanted. There's nothing there. And so um, I'm like, okay, well, let's let everybody clean up now. So you're picking up all the wrapping paper, putting it in the big plastic sacks. And I'm trying not to look like, like I'm going to cry or something. And all of a sudden, Grandma goes, hey, what's this behind the couch, you know? And oh. Of course, they were Yeah, so it was, you know, it was what I wanted. And I'm putting it on and everything. That was one of my great Christmas deals. And I'm just a sports nut my entire life. And uh, But anyway, now that I got three grandsons, ages six, and I got two twin grandsons that are four, I think I'm going to pull some of that on this Christmas. Absolutely got to. Can you can you let the cat out of the bag what you're surprising, or are they within ear distance? Uh, they are not watching this one, and I won't let them till afterwards, but uh, I got them a full sight. They are crazy about basketball. Imagine that with my oldest son, their father, and me, and uh, I got them a full-size basketball goal, full-glass backboard, the whole thing, and we do the deal where Santa Claus writes them a letter, and they got to go to different rooms and get a new one. And Lucas can read now. He's six. So uh -oh. he'll read it to the other two and they'll go find their hints. They'll go all over the house on a scavenger hunt. Then when they see it, you know, who knows, but we'll get it on video and put it on Twitter. Hey, I got to see it, man. You, uh, grandkids and Christmas. That's what it's all about. To be honest. I, Absolutely. I still, still got to tell you, this was in high school. I'll tell you a quick, it's really quick. My mom, uh, bought me Tecmo Bowl for Nintendo. Yeah, and I know it's yeah. not a true sports, but you know I got backboards and basketballs, footballs, all that, and golf and and running shoes, all that for every and baseball bats, all that. But that Tecmo Bowl game, 
that that's one of the highlights and still to this day one of the highlights of my life well and i even got a purdue football suit when i was like five or six and obviously we cannot show it on a family show like this but i immediately <laughs> took off every stitch of clothing i had except my underwear to put on my football suit there were probably like 40 50 relatives there so somebody got a picture of it and uh i don't know where it is hopefully it'll stay lost forever yeah, because you don't you don't want that blackmail service. No, no. Your Although I probably underwear. look better, I probably look better then than I do now. So, oh yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But we get better with age, brother. We really oh, yeah, do. Sure, sure. <laughs> I feel that way every morning when I wake up. Right. Oh my God. Hey, before we hit the break, I got it, and and I, I want to reveal something. Our new sponsor. Uh, we're having a growing family of partners and then sponsors. And this is a kind of a big deal to me because we, we kind of go back. He's an Anderson Trojan as well. Here we go. Yep. Kevin Hutchison, we're onboarding him. Realty Austin. He has been in the real estate industry for well over two decades, and uh, he's doing a fabulous job of, as you know, real estate is a uh, very limited uh, surplus of homes in the Austin proper. Oh, any, anywhere. Anywhere. It's, yeah. uh, but he does a phenomenal job, and as you know, real estate's uh, the best investment. Um Greg, uh, I'm going to take, we are going to take a quick break. Okay. And when we return, we're going to, I'm going to open up with probably the biggest troll job on Twitter that I had ever seen. And that occurred last week. Greg Swaim and Clench on the other side of this break. For all of your insurance needs, look no further than our primary sponsor, Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency. The ATX OG has been insuring Austin for over three decades. And get this, Jim Saxton is a Longhorn legacy. He is the son of the late, great James Saxton, who was a Heisman finalist. Be sure to give him a call or better yet, visit his website, saxtoninsurance.com and tell him that the stories inside the Man Cave Boys recommended you. College football history was made today when the number one recruit in the country, Travis Hunter, flipped his commitment from Florida State University to Jackson State University, a HBCU coached by Deion Sanders. And of course, FSU fans were pissed off about it, so they took to Twitter and created a space. And here's how I trolled him. First, I went to Google, looked up a picture of an FSU fan, made it my Twitter profile pic, joined the space, requested to speak, put on my best country accent, and the rest is history. Why didn't we hire Dion in the first place? Why? Why couldn't we hire Dion? Uh, hell, not even Jackson State. Get the coach from Jacksonville State because we can't beat them on the field either. This is some bullshit. And I'm not going to sit here and take it from that fucking piece of shit over at goddamn Jackson. Someone even screen recorded it, posted it on Twitter, and now Bleacher Report thinks that I'm an actual angry FSU fan. Beautiful. Greg Sway. Amazing. Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, NIL is going to change a lot of things. 
And I was going to ask you, because I know you'll know the pancake deal, the $50,000 per offense lineman right. in Texas. Somebody told me the other day that they don't even keep that money, that it goes to their favorite charity. I'm not buying that. Come on. Is that true? Well, it is, from my understanding, and as we all know, I'm not being politically correct or walking on uh, glass, if you will. It is, it's basically, uh, it's uh, the Pancake Factory. It's associated with the Horns for Hearts right. sort of organization. So, these guys, all these offensive linemen who are, and, and it's worded in there, if they want to accept the opportunity, they have to put that in there. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, of sure, course they're going to. Sure. Of course, yeah. Oh no, I don't. No, I'm good. I don't need fifty grand. Uh, <laughs> they have to make it. appearances on for this charitable organization whenever right. they request them to be. Okay. And it's right, it's, right. But they get to, they get to keep the money, right? Yeah, I mean and, the guys and, get and to keep the money and pay taxes. Yeah, well, obviously, and 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 I would recommend because we've had a lot of these guys on my show that are NIL experts all of a sudden, yeah. but they're agents too, and it's a way for an agent to get his foot in the door early with a top high school kid coming in. Uh, but you've got to get an agent because you know these kids, man. I, I guarantee you my 18-year-old knows nothing about taxes, and I no. bet these kids don't either, most of them. Uh, they need to get somebody to handle their finances and all that stuff. Well, I, I agree 100%. Uh, by the way, episode 106 here, segment two with Greg Swain. Uh, Greg Swain TV, gregswain.com. And he has his own enterprise in the state of Oklahoma, really good at scouting basketball and give him a follow on Twitter. But uh, segment two, sponsored by farmhousedelivery.com. Essentially, go to the website there. You can order uh, organic produce, organic meats grown in the state of Texas. And uh, they have meal boxes, meal kits, perfect for New Year's Eve coming up. It's maybe a little too late for Christmas, and they'll deliver it to your door. But when you place that order, when you check out, use that promo code MANCAVE for 20% off of your first order. I've done it. It's well worth it. I'm a produce guy, but I do eat meat. Just want to clarify. And uh, produce, I do too. Yeah. I'm no communist. I eat meat. <laughs> Greg Swaim, everybody. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, brother, um, apparently Chris Del Conte and – I want to say some others who are advisors at the University of Texas have come together and anybody, they, they're having an education on how to initiate an NIL deal, how to accept, how to condone and present your persona, your, uh, your name, image, and likeness, and how to file and, and file taxes and what to hold back and how to keep track of that as, as in the form of a spreadsheet. And I, and, you know, and I like the NIL, the thought of it. It's become the wild, wild west and all that. Yeah. And, you know, now all of a sudden the NCAA's decided to get involved, I guess. Um, but once again, they're not going to pick on the Blue Bloods. They never do. We're still waiting to see what they're going to do with North Carolina almost a decade later for literally changing grades, which yes. is the worst, worse than any recruiting violation you've ever heard of. The NCAA frowns upon changing grades, and they've not done a thing to North Carolina. 
None. They haven't been you know, to Kansas in basketball. They took away the NCAA tournament from Oklahoma State. I'm here to tell you, I'm surprised, but Oklahoma State wasn't going to make the NCAA this year anyway. They're they're not very good. They can't shoot. But uh, I, I'm just amazed. You know, it's kind of like, you know, they get so mad at Ohio State, they pick on Cleveland State. So I, I guess it's going to continue until we get rid of the NCAA. And I think the way we're heading with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, the SEC will be the superpower. The other four conferences may decide uh, we're going to tone it back a little bit. We probably won't have the NIL stuff, uh, at least not to the same extent. Uh, maybe Ohio State says, you know what, if you're going to do that, I'm jumping ship. I'm going SEC. Maybe, you know, you get some superpowers like USC if they ever get back. And some of the, you know, Clemson maybe, uh, folks like that. But, you know, Vanderbilt might might go to the uh, Big Ten at that time because Vanderbilt, you know, has just been taking a check to get killed for years. So they might as well go somewhere they can compete. I, I agree. And I've got to circle back to what you said about the NCAA. I think I'm going to go off right here. This is good. It's uh, it's kind of overdue. I voiced it a while back. I had several conversations. It doesn't do any good, but, you know, they do like dishing out severe punishment to the little guy. Yeah. I'm still pissed off, Greg, about what they did to my alma mater, Stephen F. Austin, that basketball program, uh, for – what one individual did, the academic component, academic compliance, it's totally separate, but the academic right. advisor had them in classes, which didn't show progress toward a degree, but still had them enrolled. One person and an oversight, obviously the AD is responsible because that person's under them and had trust right. in them. But how are you going to penalize an entire program and all these kids and the current kids who I know it was COVID when it was dealt, but vacating all those wins and two NCAA tournament wins. And yeah, and, 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 and that stinks, but you know what? The Stephen F. Austin fans got to enjoy those runs. Right. And it, they're linked in their memories. Whether they go erase them after the fact, monetarily might hurt, but other than that, I don't care. It's like, Oklahoma State, when you take away the NCAA tournament beginning of the season, and we'll never know for sure what that does to the psyche of these kids, but what else is there in NCAA basketball? It's the tournament. That's what everybody's shooting for, the tournament. And if it's taken away from you, which means no NIT, no whatever that third-rate deal is, you're not <laughs> going there yeah. either. And, and if you know that, it's got to mess with your psyche it messes with mine. I know it's got to mess with an 18 year old kid who, by the way, was a seventh grader when any infractions took place. It's That's just ridiculous. Um, I go off on state, state organizations all the time for they pick and choose who they want to pick on. They don't, they're picking on a kid the other day who's a, um, a ward of the court who's staying in a foster parent's home. She happens to move to, a new foster parent, that a place where they went all the time and people lost their minds. And, oh, you got to do something about this. There was no, I mean, I understand, you, you know when kids are, are pulling something. In this case, no. In, in other cases, no. They pick on the ones that can't fight back. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
for lack of better words, is complete bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this is today. Came an R-rated show. I love it. I love it, man. I <laughs> I've held back uh, the man kid they the man cave OGs, uh, which aren't on here very often anymore because we've schedules everything and uh, have a lot going on, business owners. But it was. We spoke our minds off, and especially summer of 2020 on a lot of things. Of course, everybody did as well. But right. one subject that you pointed out because I was disconnected uh, prior to this recording. Wow. COVID, and I'm going to assume it's Omicron, Texas A&M backing out of the Gator Bowl. Your thoughts, my friend? Well, the uh, first thing you got to think of, I, I think what were they playing Wake Forest, right? Right. Was Wake, uh, and so those guys, what do you think those guys thought when they saw that pop up? And, uh, and now uh, apparently the college football playoff, which was as of yesterday, good to go. Right now they're saying teams can come in later. There will be no media there live. It will be virtual only. So it's getting crazy. I Listen, I'm all about safety and, and right. keeping players healthy. But like I said, when you when you have a cold, you know you have a cold. When you have an allergy, you know you have an allergy. Apparently with Omicron, two-thirds of these NFL guys show zero symptoms, and the ones that do are having like sniffles. I think we're getting too soft as a society. and Unfortunately, it's going to show up in our sports too. Yeah, it's inevitable. Um it's it's a PR nightmare. Um, I think from what I read, Moderna one and two and the booster combined uh, is is the best option against right. this Omicron. Of course, Omicron has, as far as the effects of it, much less than the other variants. Easier to catch. It goes through faster. Right. It's it's easier to catch because it stays in the room for hours after the affected person's but you know what if, if that affected person doesn't know they're affected which obviously they probably don't or they wouldn't be in a room with their loved ones anyway over christmas i mean they're telling us to stop christmas now that ain't going to happen here i no. you know one thing texas and oklahoma can agree on is we're not soft like the east and west coast you know <laughs> they they get somebody with a cold that shows no symptoms they shut the whole place down. We're not going to do that here. No, everybody. I would venture to say that whoever needs say uh, vaccine, there's a good number of people who have been vaccinated. Uh, you could tell by football season, people are going to fill the football stadiums. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Regardless, uh, this is. I don't know about forfeiting, but uh, the, the the headline that grabbed me was a national champion can win via forfeit this year. Yeah, well, ironically, Alabama's offensive coordinator, uh, offense coordinator has COVID, uh, just got tested. So, I mean, you know, we're still weeks away, obviously, so it'll probably be all right. But, you know, if he's got it, some other people have it. The thing is, you remember when Mississippi State was it? No, wait, North Carolina State in the College World Series kind of got hosed because yes. they had some players and they had to play short staff. And it was because they weren't vaccinated. Apparently, the word was, if you're vaccinated, they won't test you. Well, when did that change? That changed overnight, apparently, because all these people have what they call the breakthrough. They're not showing any symptoms, but 
you know, heck, I might have a nap because I'm not showing any symptoms either. I don't know. Don't care. Asymptomatic. I don't know where that changed. The term asymptomatic still is asymptomatic. Nothing has changed. Right. Just right. because we're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't carry it. But there are more people vaccinated. So you well, should. You know, Sean, when I go to the radio station every day, they don't make us test. They don't even ask us if we've been vaccinated. Uh, everybody's pretty much had it last year. Most of us were vaccinated, you know, just to be on the safe side. But we had one of our uh, college kid board ops the other day come down with it. Nobody freaked out. If we were, you know, the Aggies, I guess we'd just shut down our whole station. But, we're, you know, we're just not going to do it. So, of course, yeah, it could be they got, you know, then again, and people are, Texas fans are already letting them have it. Um, you know, Aggies, you're just not playing because you're worried of getting beat because you got some guys that either weren't motivated or going to the NFL early. So it's already starting out, Twitter wars. You got to love that. Oh, it's just, it's just like Bedlam, A&M and Texas fans year-round. It's a beautiful thing. It's like the – it's like Cousin Eddie on uh, Christmas vacation, man. It's the yeah, jelly there you go. On, give me the jelly of, month, <laughs> jelly of the month club. <laughs> that last time I saw a beating like that, I had a banana full or pocket full of bananas and let the monkeys loose. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch that when we could we could make a podcast reciting Cousin Eddie and Clark W. Griswold lines. Christmas yeah, vacation. I don't know if they'll ever get Cousin Eddie back if they do a remake because he. Uh, He's kind of got off the deep end. <laughs> He's Randy an interesting Clay. guy. Randy hey, plays a different kind of cat. He, he is. Uh, there's one team that uh, I'm hopeful, but now I have question marks on, and this is the one I'm talking about. Greg, Cowboys, 10-4, uh, and four, look great, but – all of a sudden, the offense looks impotent. Defense is looking good, though. Defense is looking almost as good as they did, you know, back when they were winning Super Bowls with Jimmy and Barry. Uh, it, I, I think the offense, of course, when Pollard comes back, it'll make a difference. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I like this Dallas Cowboys team. I just don't see them getting to the Super Bowl. I see really? them winning, you know, maybe one or two playoff games, but not the Super Bowl. Well, I, I... – if they can make they it, to the get, they need to win out and, and get home home fields. What they need to yeah. do, so. that's a must. Because yep. Green Bay, when they're up one or two, they're almost unstoppable. Um, yeah. So, some of the media during this week's uh, press availability with the Cowboys asked Kellen Moore, the former quarterback and uh, obviously Cowboys OC, if they are holding back plays because they know they're facing the weaker NFC East. Are they holding back plays on this offense to hold them back for the playoffs? This is what Kellen had to say about that. It's a great question. Uh, I mean, I, we're still trying to win games, so if something helps us win a game, I, I feel like we'll, uh, we'll we'll utilize it. And if we ever get into a different situation, then we'll, we'll obviously handle it differently. But to me, we're just trying to win ball games. So the answer is no. I doubt it. But the creativity has been a little, lacking a little bit here the last three or four weeks. Well, again, a lot of field goal practice, um, you know, but when you get in that red zone, you got to punch in at least half of into the end zone. And, and as, as you know, you know, the talent's there. Uh, 
I think the offensive line's been shuffled a little bit. Uh, you, you probably watch more than I do, but uh, I'm more of a college guy, but I do watch the Dallas Cowboys. I, you know, uh, my mom would whoop me if I didn't. Uh, and my <laughs> grandpa would come back from the grave and whoop me if I didn't. But uh, I think they're going to be fine. I just don't see them being in the Super Bowl, uh, at least not this year. I'm good with them being in the NFC Championship. That's a big that'd step. That'd be great. No, that'd be absolutely I, – I think that's probably the goal right now. And once you get there, I mean, as we know, even if you're not the best team, you can win sometimes in the NFL. Yeah, and just as long as we don't have to play at Lambeau Field, that's, that's all. Oh, right. gosh, yeah. yeah. Um, that's not worked that well. No, not at all. I do, before we – wrap things up i do want to ask you about your your former roommate uh he was asked uh that being chris beard because if if there were because they're starting to show some signs they're a good team but there's so many new faces on this team if the development is starting to happen the progression of this team because they kind of hit a lull lately where it's not that they're not good but they just haven't been impressive and this is what your Greg Swain's former roommate had to say about that. And, you know, it's 14 players out there that haven't played together. Uh, it's not an excuse. It's the reality. We're just working towards trying to be the best team we can be. We need to make that next turn come January. And then ultimately, you know, when you check back with us in February and March, if we're a team that's taking that next step, then I think we'll have a chance to be one of the best teams in the country. So, Greg, you've seen Jackson a little bit, possibly. You know him. Well, first off, can you look at him with a straight face without laughing? Well, I mean, it's kind of hard sometimes when he's serious because I know how funny he can be. And you know, when you say roommate, maybe for three nights, you know, at a camp. Right, right. At Mike's <laughs> camp at the Great American Shootout, I'll give Mike a little pub there. But, uh, you know, he's going to change the culture. He is a yeah. tough-minded guy. They're going to learn to play defense or they're going to sit on the bench, you know. Uh, one thing I learned from Eddie Sutton, there's no motivator like the bench. And Chris goes with that, too. And I think by the time they get in the SEC in another three years, maybe less, maybe more, I think they're going to own – them and Kentucky will own the conference. I, I think Chris, when he gets his guys playing the way he wants at his alma mater, I mean, if he was all in at Texas Tech, he's certainly all in at his alma mater. And uh, if you're a Texas basketball fan, you've got to be thrilled because I, I have very – I know just about every coach in America. I don't know anybody I'd rather have my son play for than Chris Beard. I'm, I'm right there beside you. I, I love his attitude, his humor, his demeanor, how he relates to the guys and that basketball acumen that he has. But he's an everyday guy. I mean, he's not yeah. like – you know, it's not like he's Penny Hardaway or one of those guys that – you know, has always been famous and all that, and maybe a little aloof. He's an everyday guy. He'll sit down and talk with anybody at any time. Love it. Hey, Ben, tell me something good. Greg Swain, the best part. We love positivity here. Uh, how to end things. That's what this world needs of. Reality and positivity. Tell me something good sponsored by our community. Now you can find their platforms all over digital spaces like Facebook across the country. Greg Swain, my friend from the other side of the red river knows basketball like no other. 
especially the high school scene and check them out on Twitter and all the social media platforms. Tell me something good either going on in your world or what you witnessed here of late. Well, going good, it's Christmas time. I mean, that's yes. always good, uh, which means the Tournament of Champions next week in Tulsa. I know you've been there. and uh, The Bertha Teague Classic and all that, you get the best girls teams, best boys team. <laughs> a lot of my college coaching friends there I get to hang out with. And so uh, that's all good. But the, the good thing is, even for 2022 kids, you know, that haven't got a we, – we do all sports now, you know, but now I'm, I'm the basketball guy, but we have guys working for us to do – baseball, softball, tennis, volleyball, soccer, all those. And for even for those 2022s that might be panicking, going, I haven't gotten one letter, one call from a college coach. I don't even know if they know where I'm at. We can help them out. Just, you know, shoot us an email to either greg at gregswain.com or you can text us at 405-880-2316 or hook up a DM on uh, Twitter. We'll be glad to help you out. That's good stuff. That's, that's the best Promotion is self-promotion. That's what I've learned here recently on this podcast journey. Self-promotion. And you know what? It's economical. It's free. There you go. Free is good. <laughs> hey, buddy. I, well, we'll end it right here. With I can't. I, I don't have one greater than yours, but I'll tell you something good. I agree with you. It's Christmas. Love the generosity to people giving and everyone smiling for once and laid back. Hey, have a glass of tea. Have have your favorite cocktail. Enjoy family because you never know when you're going to wake up and they're not there anymore. And those good right. friends. I lost a good friend and, and his wife earlier this year, so I'm enjoying the friends who are here more. And I've got to give a big shout out to a friend, friend of the podcast, friend of mine, a friend to a lot of people, that being Todd Dodge, winning his seventh state championship in his final game as a high school football coach. Uh, was a heck of a Longhorn, too. He was. He was a Longhorn quarterback for Fred Akers in the early to mid-'80s and a hell of a quarterback in high school at, at the old yeah. Port Arthur. Oh, my God, he's going to kill me. Port Arthur Austin, maybe. Okay. Uh, I, I can't. Oh, no, Port yeah, Arthur Jefferson. Jefferson. Okay. Jefferson. Yeah, I didn't know the answer to that. It's schools that don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. It happens. It does. Greg Swain, next time I'm up there in the Sooner State, we're going. We're meeting for a lunch or a steak in downtown. Or we'll get you on the show. We'll, we'll do a remote at a good restaurant so we can eat free while we're doing the show. I like the way you think. Free, like we said. Yeah, free. Always search for free or complimentary and, or be partners. When you're in the media, you got to get all the freebies you can. Hey, those media rooms, I do miss them. Yeah, <laughs> will the, free, the the dinners at the Irwin Center before a game phenomenal. Pre-game meals at DJR amazing. Looking hey. forward to getting down there too and seeing uh, Texas new place. Hey, I can't wait. Oh my God, the building is coming together nicely. It'll be the uh, Moody Center. Right. Uh, there's a lot of Moody facilities across the state of Texas, like SMU Moody Coliseum. Yep, been to Moody Coliseum uh, many times. Oh, it's a great place to watch a game. It's it old school. It's kind of like Duke. Larry Brown <laughs> had it going there a couple years ago. He did a great job. Recruited well. The NCAA should have left him alone. They won't, though. They only pick on the little guys. That's right. Hey, for one of my favorites in the Sooner State, Greg Swain and the Man Cave OGs, that being Big Mike, Hardball Harge, 
and Coach Mo. Merry Christmas, and we are out. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and the giddy up.